It's the Urban Parlay with your host, Sandra DuBose. Vibe with the tribe that'll take your stress away. Right here on the Urban Parlay. Bonjour and welcome to the Urban Parlay podcast with your host, Sandra DeBose. I am super excited because I got my boy in the house, Jason Phillips. Let me tell you who he is. Uh, Jason Phillips is a psychotherapist. He's a life coach and a college professor, and he advocates relentlessly for prosperity and wellness to strengthen individuals, couples, families, and communities across the globe. He is the founder and CEO of Peace and Prosperity Coaching, LLC, and he just launched his very own podcast. So he's a fellow podcaster, Peace and Prosperity uh, podcast. Make sure you check that out, streaming on all uh, podcast platforms. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Urban Palais, Jason Phillips. Hey, I love that intro. (laughs) Can I... (laughs) Can I hire you? You can. You can. I'll send you a bill. <laughs> I'll send you a bill. Welcome, Jason. Hey, what's up, Sandra? I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I'm happy to have you here. This um, this particular uh, episode is so very, very important because we're going to be talking about depression. We're going to be talking about that, and we're going to be talking about suicide. You know, these are some uncomfortable topics but as we know they are so important we have to begin Mm -hmm. to talk about it so as a black man i really wanted jason to weigh in we don't see a lot of african-american male therapists so i'm just so excited to get his input because you know and i'm sure jason can share some stats with us in terms of what the numbers really look like but especially coming out of a pandemic still in the pandemic, you know, people losing their jobs and um, losing their family members and the people that they love. And it's still ongoing. There's so much angst around this vaccine, right? So it's like, (laughs) do I get it? Do I not? Like it's anxiety all the way around. And at some point we have to check in and we have to see how we're doing. I think too, as African-Americans, we are charged with being strong and we hold ourselves accountable to that. So when we do feel weak, we won't even give ourselves permission to feel those feelings because we ain't got time. I got to go to work. <laughs> that, that's true. It's yeah. true. So it's like we really need to figure out how do we really practice um, good self-care and tell the truth about how we're really doing. So, Jason, thank you again for being here. Um, I did not pay for this session, but um, <laughs> if you don't mind uh, doing doing this one pro bono, and then I can get you a little Popeye's chicken sandwich or something when I see you. <laughs> no, Sandra, let me say this. So first, every time we collaborate, it's always fun. Yeah. It's always fun. But then when you said the topic, when you said we're going to talk about depression and suicide. Now, I've been on quite a bit of you know podcasts and panels. Yeah. Sometimes we talk about depression, but... I- really people kind of shy away from or they've never said i want to talk specifically about suicide right 
So when you said that, I was kind of intrigued. Like, okay, let's let's not beat around the bush and just yeah. stick with just you know mental health, anxiety. Let's really get to, you know, the parts that we don't talk about. Right. The tougher parts, which is suicide, which is re- it's real. Yeah, and you know, May so. is Mental Health Awareness Month. So mm-hmm. we're not just doing it because it's May. We're doing it because it's what needs to be discussed. And, you know, that's my goal with the Urban Parlay podcast is to be able to have even the difficult conversations. You know, I Mm -hmm. call it grown folk conversation because, you know, we have to hold each other accountable. We want to I want this to be a resource where people can be inspired and people can get some healing, even some information Mm -hmm. and some healing and talk about the fun stuff and the tough stuff. So, yeah. Let's get into it. So I guess my first question for you, you know, depression and anxiety Mm -hmm. seems as though it has become like buzzwords these days, right? It's like everybody and their mama is like, I've got anxiety and my anxiety is on 10. It's like, what the hell? When did everybody get so anxious? What had happened? You know, back in, I mean, I'm about 10 years older than you, but you know, back in our day, I would say it wasn't so prevalent that everybody's like talking about this anxiety. So what would you say has been the shift? What is it trending to have anxiety? <laughs> is it is it did social media just, you know, make it trending to say, hey, I'm down with anxiety or what's happening? I think it shifted from accepting to trending. So when I say that, like at first, I think people were like, People didn't want any any parts of anxiety, depression. Like, no, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. And then we got into the space where it's like, no, like I do struggle with anxiety or I have been depressed. Yeah. And now people are over identifying where they're saying, look, my depression don't let me go to work. Like my my anxiety does not let. It's like now we're identifying with that as like it's not something that is a part of us, but it now it is us. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying, I think we as mental health professionals are trying to push back and say, look, just because you, you, you've had anxiety or you have anxiety does not mean that that's like totally who you are. It doesn't take over the rest of you as a person. Nice. So we're really trying to help that. Okay. So help us. Let's take it back. Let's start Mm -hmm. from the beginning for people that are like, well, what is anxiety anyway? Because we all have anxiety, Mm -hmm. but what makes the difference between feeling anxious, which is a normal human response in different circumstances to having the disorder, which would be considered anxiety. Can you tell us what, what, what are we talking about? Good question. So I'm going to make it, try to make it simple. Okay. So with this podcast, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm in a new space. I'm, I'm, this is different. I mean, I know you, but it's still yeah. different. I'm in a different room. Right. I could be nervous about this. You know, it's new to me. I could have some sweaty palms. I could be a little, uh, my, my chest could get a little tight. Sure. I could be uncomfortable. Right. But I'm still here talking to you. We still going to have a great show and have a good time. Now, sometimes the anxiety can be so difficult where I can say, okay, Sandra, we on camera? Ooh, you you know, you know what? You know what? I, I can't do this. Okay. So now it becomes like, that's that's a small example, but now I'm starting to avoid, I'm not able to rock with it. I'm like, I can't do it. 
Wow. And I may, I may, I've been doing therapy for over 10 years. So it's like, no, I, I want you on the platform, dude. Like you, you've seen some things and I'm like, I can't. Right. I just right. cannot. Like, let me turn my camera off. Okay. So now it's, it's like, it's my functioning is slowly starting to decrease mm -hmm. to the next point where somebody may say, Hey, look, um, we got something going on at work. We want you to give a briefing. Right. Oh, in front of a bunch of people. <laughs> are people going to be there? <laughs> right. Are people going to be, can I pre-record it? Right. So now I'm slowly just, my anxiety, my nervousness is starting to control me. Mm. It's, start, it's starting to dictate what I do and what I don't do. Even the things you want the, to do. Even the things I want to do, like these conversations. And sure. I think that's the difference between, you know, feeling anxious mm -hmm. and then the anxiety moving closer to that disorder Right. Which disorder means that it's impacting our day-to-day -day functioning. Mm -hmm. So I'm not answering the phone. I'm not, again, I'm not socializing with people. Yeah. My work performance is, I'm nervous about it. I'm double, triple checking things. Sure. So now that's when it moves over into that disorder category. Gotcha. But having anxiety in general is cool because it goes away. After we start talking, yeah. I forget where I'm at. I just, I'm in the zone. Sure, sure. Okay, and I'm glad that you said that. So we have anxiety that is triggered by something, right? Mm -hmm. Public speaking, whatever it might be. Talk about anxiety. And let me just say this. I've learned to, I've always been fascinated by psychology. Mm -hmm. And if I wasn't such a lazy student, I'd probably be a therapist. And that's just the God's honest truth. Come on over. I don't like to do homework. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't focus. Okay. I just like to play with it, but I don't have the discipline for the homework. I respect it though. I really do. Um, however, I've got to learn a lot about the anxiety disorder. My daughters have taught me so much and dealing with as a motivational speaker and a coach personal development coach dealing with teen girls and hearing so much about what that looks like and the experience within their body and a lot of times those feelings of anxiety are not even triggered by a specific event mm -hmm. so can you talk about what it's like for a person that literally wakes up in the morning and they have their their stomach is in knots They've got all this angst going on and there's nothing that's going to happen today. It's a regular schmegular day, but I'm just not comfortable in my body. I want to jump out of my skin. What is that about? Talk about that. Your mind is racing. What is that? So just what you said, the question, what is, what is it about? That's what kind of like prolongs the anxiety because we don't have an answer for it. Okay. So anxiety, a lot of times looks like a form of a question. Okay, I'm, I'm my stomach is hurting. Why am I? Why is my stomach hurting? I can't go to sleep. Why can't I go to sleep? I'm tired as a dog. I've been working ten hour days. Sure. Why can't I fall asleep? So now, these unanswered questions keep that anxiety going. It's like that snowball effect. One question leads to a bigger question, and we don't have when we like me when I don't have an answer for why I can't go to sleep. Yeah. I'm even more anxious. Okay. Well, what what did I do? Well, the big one. What's wrong with me? Mm. What's wrong with me? Right. Everybody else going to sleep. I know I'm tired, you know, and, and when you can't get that sleep or why am I still thinking about, you know, tomorrow? Why am I thinking about what happened at work? If I said something and somebody misinterpreted the wrong way, sure. if I, did I piss somebody off? Like, why am I still stuck on that? Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm replaying scenes from yesterday and last week over and over. Like, what's wrong with my brain? Right. So these unanswered questions, they don't allow us to process our, our thoughts or our emotions. And they just grow bigger and bigger and bigger because it's like that fear of, again, did I do something wrong? Am I not a good person? Mm-hmm. Did I mess something up? Mm-hmm. And we can't, it's almost like if you ever open a door and you're afraid of what's on the other side of that door right. until you get on the other side, you're like, oh, it's really not that bad. Sure. But because with we're going through it, we can't always open the other side of the door. Right. Or at least we don't think that we can. So we get stuck and we get paralyzed. Question for you. Mm-hmm. Would you say that anxiety disorder has any connection to feelings of confidence or low self-esteem because the questions that I'm hearing you ask are questions about your own you know did I say something or a lot of times you know in a social setting the anxiety won't let you go over and network with somebody because you're Mm -hmm. so afraid of what they might think I might say something stupid you know it's like I would love to go talk to that person but if I open my mouth, I don't know what I might say. <laughs> you know, I might sound, they might think I'm crazy. My my underpits are sweating. I've got stains going on. Yep. If I shake their hand, my, my palms my are sweating. Is... I can't, I just, I just can't, you know what I mean? So I'm going to hold up this wall <laughs> and mm-hmm. hopefully somebody else, you know what I mean? So do you think that there is a direct connection to someone who may have low self-esteem or lacks confidence or is it chemical? So I think it's it's twofold, right? I, I'm glad you add that little sub question at the end yeah. <laughs> as far as it being chemical. I do think that on the other side of anxiety is confidence. Okay. Mm. I, I really do. I specialize in self-love and self-confidence. Yeah. And think about certain areas that you may be well-versed in. If I say, hey, can you read this? Uh, this announcement? You've done thousands. So you're like, oh, okay, cool. That's my wheelhouse. You're very, you like, Give it to me. Yeah, that's my thing. Big words and all, right? That's my jam. That's my jam. <laughs> but but I may say, hey, I need you to, I don't know, I need you to dance uh, and do a solo show. And I don't know if you're a dancer or not. So you may say. In my room, I am. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? By myself, I am. <laughs> but I may say, I want you to do a solo dance. And you're right. like, solo dance? Nah, bro, give me the words. Yes, right. So the anxiety is is not there when I say to public speak, I've seen you. Sure. But if I say I need you to do a solo set for two minutes, <laughs> you know, just you. That sounds funny. <laughs> the, anxiety, the anxiety may set in, but you know what I mean? That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. But on the other side of that, yeah. once you do it over and over in your room, you're confident. Yeah, that's true. So I do believe there there's a direct correlation between anxiety and confidence. Now, the second part of your question was, is there a chemical imbalance? Yeah. Now, I do believe some of us have just genetic predispositions to being more anxious than others. Okay. If you ever, you got some people in your family, you probably are just more outspoken, right. more outgoing. That doesn't mean that you don't have insecurities. Right. But there are some things that you're just like, yeah, I don't really care what they think. I'm doing it. Right. Whereas others of us may be more on the... I do care what they think. I'm probably not going to do it unless I really, really have to. Right, right. So how can we as friends and family members, because I have friends who have anxiety Mm -hmm. as well, and it's such a wonderful thing to 
when you have that kind of communication to learn people and ask the right questions, because a lot of times too, you may have a friend uh, who you invite them out somewhere. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> then time comes and they're like, mm, see what had happened was, oh, and they yeah. don't show up, right? They flake on you, right? And as a friend, you might get all in your feels and take that totally personally and be mm -hmm. like, you know what? This person is a whole jerk. Mm -hmm. I do not trust this person. You know, they're always lying. You might think that they're lying to you or that they're intentionally being deceitful when what you don't know is that they had the best intentions, but maybe mm -hmm. that day wasn't a good day. Maybe the reality of it, when it was time to make it happen, they couldn't muster the confidence or what have you. Mm -hmm. And so how do you, you know, and I have friends that, they could say we have the kind of communication where they could say, mm, not a good day. Yeah. <laughs> My anxiety is really like I, I can't do the people thing on today. Just, yeah. you know what I mean? And I can respect that. Okay, I get it because I know that it is a part of your life. And mm -hmm. sometimes that shows up even when you don't want to. How, how would you say that we could help the people that we love? So first try, and I say try because it's hard, but try not to judge. Okay, right. And that means try. Yeah. Because we automatically, if you're saying, hey, we going to the Chris Brown concert or yeah. whatever, and they say, you know, I can't, make you like, what? What you mean? Yeah, right. We was hyped about this. Yeah, like try your best not to judge. Okay. Only because if you've never experienced anxiety, especially to that level or degree, right. like we've all experienced some anxiety, all of us. Yeah. But to that level where you are canceling plans. Yeah. Think about it. Does somebody really want to say, yes, I'm going to go. And then two months later, they like, nah. Like, did they think about that? Right. I mean, did they plan to just screw you over? Probably not. Right. If you've ever been in that position where you have, have had to cancel something for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. There's anxiety among canceling. Oh, yes, definitely. Like... I don't care if it's calling off of work. Sure. I don't care if it's, it's standing somebody up on a date or calling off. Whatever it is, usually you're like, let me let me get this over with. Like, Yeah. Which is why people ghost people <laughs> and be like, mm, I'm just going to leave. <laughs> yeah. Go ghosting is now a, a term, right? Yes. It's like a real, but it, ghosting has been around since forever and ever. But now right. it's like this term. You can right. probably look it up in the urban dictionary for sure. <laughs> right. But people been ghosting since we were like little kids. Sure. Sure. But now it's just like, it's becoming normalized too. Right. Unfortunately. So I would say, try not to judge. And then if you can, Ask them, what are you afraid of? Hmm. What are you afraid of? Is okay. it is it you're going to look funny? Is it that you people going to talk about you? That you don't have enough money? What, what are you afraid of? And then when you figure that out, then maybe you can help dispel it. Hmm. But or maybe you can have more insight. And say, OK, I, yeah, you, you don't want to be there because so and so y'all still kind of not. OK, I got you. Right, 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 right. Or maybe you can make a plan. To say, okay, well, can you stay for a little while? Or maybe we can sit in a different space. Like, how can we manage it so that I can support you while we're there? You know what I mean? So it's like, even as a mom, my my youngest baby, you know, she'd kind of like, you know, be underneath my skirt a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, be like, go in the store. Mm -mm. 
Yep. I'll be yep. right here. Mm-hmm. I'm not going in there by myself. It's like, okay, I'll go in the store with you. You know what I mean? Like, and empower her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I hope that's really helpful to people when you start to even think about some of your friends who now you might be able to put it together to say, maybe they have anxiety. Maybe that's what's really <laughs> Yeah, because we don't we don't really think about it like that. I never thought about anxiety as I just thought, oh, they don't do that. They don't. I had a friend. We used to go bowling when I was in um, undergrad every Friday. Mm-hmm. And I would say, hey, you going? She would say, uh, I'm going to see what's up. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and after a while, I'm like, look, you know, we going every Friday. And right. I still, we ask, I'm going to see what's up. Yeah. I'm like, what does that mean? Probably not. <laughs> right. And I'm like, why? And and I think maybe there was some anxiety about it. Yeah. Or exactly. Or there was anxiety about saying no, but. But when she would come, we would have a ball. Yeah. Like we would have a blast, but yeah. she got used to saying, I- I'll see what's up. Yeah. She wanted that. <laughs> she wanted that little escape, that little exit Ex- plan. Just in case I changed my mind. I get yeah. it. So let's go a little bit deeper. So we started mm-hmm. off with anxiety. Now I want to talk about depression. So talk to me about what is depression? Because we've all had times of sadness. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's definitely situational depression. Of course, if you're going through some traumatic experiences, whether it's divorce, a loss of a job, loss of a loved one, so many things that we're going through right now in our world that is yeah. triggering people up the wazoo and maybe things that you've overcome, you're revisiting, right? Right. <laughs> because we're, we're, we're in the thick of it, right? So talk to me about the difference between I'm just really sad and mm-hmm. I'm going through something and I actually have the condition, or I don't know if you would call it condition, disorder, disease, yeah. of depression, which is definitely more chemical and mm-hmm. maybe more, I would say, uncontrollable in terms of the ebbs and flows. Can you kind of talk about what are the differences between the two and how do we know where we stand in that? So you you answered your own question. Well, then right? I'll be because, quiet. <laughs> <laughs> because sometimes you know we lost, we lose a job. Yeah. Our check is short. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yes. Something's happened. Somebody's died, and because of that situation, we're sad. We're not our best selves. You know, we're upset. We're like, man, this sucks. You know, I got to work some extra hours. Or, you know, I just lost my mom, my dad, my partner. Yeah. And you're going to feel certain feelings. For a little while, too. Not for just a bad day, but, like, that cloud's going to hang for a little while. Yeah, a couple of weeks, a couple of months. Yeah. However, the duration and the intensity are things to look at. So the duration meaning, okay, yeah, I'm losing sleep. I just lost my job. I can't go to sleep for the past month. It's just been off. Yeah. But then when you get into two, three months where you still not just losing sleep, now you can't sleep. Right. Or you're sleeping uh, 12, 14 hours a day. Mm-hmm. Like all you want to do is sleep. Mm-hmm. So it's the duration and the intensity. It's one thing, yeah, you know, since I lost my job, I don't really sleep that good. As opposed to I'm up all night. Like anytime you call me, I'm up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> The same thing. You could you you lose a partner or something, and you you gain some weight or you lose some weight. But now it's like shoot. As soon as as soon as you start thinking about it or feeling the the guilt or the 
the sadness, the the irritability, the anger, yeah. you're going for the food to to uh, replace the emotion. Sure. So that's how you're trying to process cope. or cope or handle. Yeah, process and cope. Yeah. You're coping with the food. Right. That's a sign of depression. We don't always think about it like that. Right. But as opposed to talking about your feelings, you're, you're eating them away. Mind your business, Jason. <laughs> anyway, this is not about me. Go on. <laughs> right, right, right. Or again, isolation. So mm. where you don't want to be around people. We get it. You just lost somebody close to you. Or you just lost a job or whatever it is going on. But now it's like, I ain't seen you. Uh, I ain't seen Sandra in weeks. She didn't get the mail. Yeah. The, the duration and the intensity. Okay. How long is this happening and how intense is it? Can I get her out the house if I tell her? You know, it's uh, uh, what's old boy? We talking about the salt and pepper. Oh, Ron if I tell, her, yeah, if I tell him Ron Nice to coming, <laughs> he coming to the PNC. Can I get nice. him for that? Yeah. Or even with that, she's still not coming out. Mm. If she still ain't coming out for Ron, <laughs> it might be. A, you know, there's a problem. Yeah, it's a problem. So that's how we gotta look at stuff. Okay. You turning down vacations, so you like I re you really just you snapping on people. Yeah. So that's something that I don't think we always talk about. Depression doesn't always look like super sad, you know, mopey. You could be really angry and irritable. Mm. Like you just mad at the world. Okay. And that's a we feel like it's it's okay to be angry, right? Especially sometimes for men yeah. and women too. Like, hey, that's just that's how I am. That's my attitude. But that's really underneath it's a lot of just depression and feelings and things that have not been talked about at all yeah you've been passing it off it's anger this is how i am wow wow so talk about the chemical part of it so that's situational talk about the chemical part when i say chemical i'm not even talking about medication i'm talking about a chemical imbalance in your mind you know what i mean like when whether it's depression every season or you know the season seasonal depression yeah all those kind of things where it's like nothing even happened you just kind of fall into that slump is there with your brain is there a chemical imbalance in your brain that causes you like some other mental health disorders whether it's schizophrenia bipolar whatever that can be linked to genetically something that's going on beyond your control and beyond your circumstance that part of it yeah, so there are. I mean, seasonal depression is a good example where, you know, because of the, the lighting changes, the sun, the lack of vitamin D, right. people are staying in longer. You're predisposed to depression around that time. So you may have to have a, a, light. a certain type of light or you may want to start talking to your doctor about medication for that period. Wow. Because of that predisposition to, you know, just being more depressed in that time frame. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I will say, too, that there's nothing wrong with that. Yes. Like, I remember working with a young man. He was about 25 or something. Mm -hmm. And he was working hard in therapy. And I said, well, but he still wasn't getting all the results that he wanted. Okay. So when you talk about chemical imbalance, right, we're doing everything from a cognitive standpoint that we can do. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until he met with the psychiatrist and started the medication where he was like, Dude, he was like, I don't ever want to go back to how I used to feel. Wow. And I said, well, you know, medication can be temporary just to kind of give you that energy. He said, I don't mind taking this. He's like, I don't ever want to go back to how I used to feel. <laughs> sure. He's like, I'm not holding on to my thoughts as long. I'm, I'm more, you know, my mood is more upbeat. I'm not as irritable. Right. And I think when you say, you know, talking about the chemical imbalance, 
Mm-hmm. Those are some of the signs to look for where you're working in therapy. Mm-hmm. You've been doing, you've been exercising, you've been eating right. right. But you're like, I still wake up like, I don't, don't want to do, do it. Yeah, I want to do this no more. It's like life becomes this dull taste, just it's whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, can you talk more about how depression shows up in different people? And mm-hmm. it may not always look like the sadness. It may present itself as anger because what I'm hoping is that people can hear for themselves like wow maybe that's me maybe what's really underneath this is I'm really depressed how can they know the difference between nah just you know I got an attitude problem (laughs) and no bruh you really got bigger problems like how do we know for me and we can mask it in a lot of ways yeah we can we can work a whole bunch right like we can work so much because we were pissed off, but we working is a- admirable. Hmm. It's admirable. So people are like, oh, you work, you working how much? Are you, you got your own, you like people are like, oh man. They, so you're really masking something, but you're getting praised for it. Nice. I love that. Yeah. So that's one way. And also it could be, of course, exercising too, like over exercising. Hmm. So whereas like you so, you know, you like cock, cock D's, you chisel. You know the guys I'm talking yeah. about where it's yeah. like they just ready to take off their shirt. And... I'm scared of them. <laughs> too much. Too it's much. like, but but working out, again, that's really a desirable trait. Yeah. To to make your body, sculpt up your body like that. But, but beneath that, what's on the inside? Mm. And a lot of those guys, because of what they've been through, they feel like that's their, their outlet. That should be a piece of the puzzle, but not the whole pie. Mm. What other things might a guy like that look out for in, in his own behavior that he might have to say? You know, how would he know that that's really what's driving me? Can you talk about your feelings? Mm. Can you have a range, right? So outside of just the, you know, I'm good or I'm happy. Like, do you have days where you can say, look, I'm depressed today. I'm not feeling it today. I'm irritable. I'm sad. I feel ashamed because of this. I'm embarrassed about that. I'm concerned about this. Can you say those things? Or anytime that you start to feel it, you're like, let me hit the gym. Or let me put in some extra hours. Or you start snapping off on people. So you maybe, maybe you don't really work out like that. Maybe you don't even go to work like that. Yeah. But you just irritable. Like people, you know, you, you got a short fuse. Like you got to watch what you say to, you know, the tone because tone would just kind of like go off in a minute. Sure. And that's th- that's how tone been since he was little. Yeah. Right. All these stories about tone. No, right. <laughs> you know how tone is. <laughs> you know how tone, yeah, just, you just kind of watch yourself about him. Never in a million days are we thinking that tone may be depressed. Mm. All we're thinking is, hey, tone just like to me, he go off. Yeah. You know you go off too. I don't yeah. know you always been like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very true. And maybe Tone thinks so too. Yeah, Tone thinks yeah, because it's being reinforced. He doesn't know. It's being reinforced for 10, 20, 30 years. At this point, he's not gonna have the the insight to be able to say, Yeah, you know, my dad wasn't around or I witnessed my mom go through some struggles or, you know, this happened to me, I was molested. They maybe, but it's gonna take some we can't do therapy on ourselves. Hmm. So for somebody who doesn't even have the awareness that that's even going on, to ask them to connect that dot from 
here to way back there. You asking a lot. Talk about depression. But now let's talk about the unspoken reality that we're facing. And unfortunately, it is in rampant numbers these days because people are feel such despair (laughs) because this has been so many losses collectively Mm -hmm. all around. There's so much loss and devastation that we see and we're consistently bombarded with it. I mean, now we can't even get gas, bro. (laughs) Come on. It's like toilet tissue revisited. (laughs) Just it's we got PTSD from the toilet tissue. We can't do this again. Yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a bad week for people. You know, like (laughs) you're making me feel some type of way. I don't just when we think we're making progress, you're pulling us back (laughs) into this mania and this insanity of this world where people are just acting so erratic, you know, Mm -hmm. but there's so many people that are choosing to end their lives. Um, And we're dealing with suicide at a a high rate. And so, and I know, especially dealing with young people, Mm -hmm. I hear that a lot in their conversation, which is always so bizarre to me because when I was young, it wasn't such a conversation about this ideation with suicide why is that on the table as if it's like a option like yeah well if you know we don't get back together by next month i'm just gonna get rid of myself you know it's like why what happened why are we talking about suicide why are people making this choice and how do we shift this where people can begin to value life again what are you seeing what can you help us understand so i'm i'm seeing and i think i don't know if we're looking at it um the way it is, but people are really, 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 really hurting. Okay. And I think people are crying out for attention mm-hmm. and because they're not getting the help or the support, or they don't feel like they have the, the support, okay. they're choosing to take their life. Mm-hmm. They feel like that's, that's the, the only or the best option. You know, when that happens, it's like, because it wasn't, a lot of times it's not talked about, especially in the kids. We can talk about the kids because that's where, yes, when I was, Eight, nine, twelve, fourteen. I mean, suicide wasn't really a. It was never really a topic at all. Right. But even to think about it, like, I don't know. I was probably in my twenties before we even like, kind of was even like on a table. You know, sure. you break up with somebody and she's hurt. Or, you know, that was that was not at ten or twelve. Yeah. That was more like twenties. Right. But now we're seeing our young people. The conversations and the texts and the all of these the behaviors. Yeah, I remember being in grad school, and some of my colleagues who worked uh, specifically with kids, and they were saying they on the psych unit what they were seeing, and I was like, wow, like yeah, it was devastating. It still is. Oh God, yes. So, what do you think shifted in our society for these young people, this new generation, these millennials, and you know? What, why did they grab hold of that? And why is suicide trending? What happened? So I think a, a lot of different factors, priorities for the parents, mm. parents, parents working more, okay. parents not paying attention, close enough attention to some of the signs. Yeah. Parents not believing that it's even an option and not wanting to talk about it. How do we know? Because... A lot of times you hear people say, I want to kill myself, or mm-hmm. I don't think that they want to kill themselves, the act of it. They just have such, they've given up hope, mm-hmm. right? 
And then they say, I don't, I just don't want to wake up tomorrow. I don't want to be in this pain anymore. Mm -hmm. And if that means that I can stay sleeping, then that would be ideal so that I don't yeah. have to feel right. that I feel because I don't feel like I could change the circumstances or what's happening in my life. Um, so how do we, I guess, support those people? And Because there's no way for us to know how serious somebody really is about it. And a lot of times it sounds like it's really a cry for help. And so because people say it all the time, it's like, do if my child says something or whatever, someone I love, do I just automatically call 911? You know, do we hold an intervention? Like, what are we mm -hmm. supposed to do? This is uncharted territory. How serious do I take it? If I don't take it seriously enough and they did something, then I feel horrible. You know what I mean? Or I or is it just kind of like they're calling my bluff. They just want to see what I'm going to do. Or they're just talking. Maybe they'll be angry at me if I make a big deal out of this. How do I move through? What am I supposed to do when you're dealing with someone who's in that desperate state? I would I would always err on the side of caution and I would take that person serious. So I think that because we're still getting used to therapy, we're still getting used to medication. Yeah. Like as as you know, in our black community, we're yeah. still getting used to it. For for adults. So when it comes to kids, mm -hmm. two year olds, three year olds, five year olds, ten year olds, mm -hmm. we're like a ten year old, a ten year old she, hey, she got Xbox. Right. She got all the toys. She, she got a refrigerator she, full of food. Yeah, she's good. <laughs> yeah. Like she got her iPad. I don't know what she's complaining about. Sure. Take take these kids seriously. Mm. Because what use is it to say you want this, you want that? Why why are they just gonna put it out there if they're not hurting in some way? Yeah. And as you know, when 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 we don't think that people really hear us, we up the ante. We up the ante. And and the way we're up in the ante now is not the same way. Maybe when we were younger, maybe we may say, you know what, I'm gonna sneak out tonight. <laughs> I'm gonna run away from home. Yeah, I'm gonna run away from home for a little yeah. bit. I'm a, but now we're like, well, shoot, I, I already sneak out. Or my parents already let me. So that's not doing nothing. They they be happy that I'm gone. Sure, sure. So now we're like, how can I how can I show them that I'm really hurting? Yes. Wow. And sometimes that's where sometimes the self harm behaviors come in. Right. Or, or they feel like that's the the way to take away the pain. Yeah. Right. So these things are they are so real, as you know, um, from the stats. Mm-hmm. Suicide is the second leading cause of death for African-American children ages 10 to 14. The third leading cause for our kids, I believe, is uh, 14 to 19. That's crazy to me. And you know what? Unfortunately, it hit home for me mm -hmm. maybe about four or five years ago. Yeah. I had a, a former mentee. I found out he took his life. Really? At the age of, I believe he was 12 or 13. We, and it's just, it's very, very, of course, I was, I was heartbroken. I couldn't believe it. Like, wow, are you serious? Right. right. And you just never know what people are going through. Yeah. Or sometimes this is the thing about suicide and depression. Okay. When somebody is depressed, if they're severely depressed, they may not take their life they may not complete suicide because they really don't have the energy to do it mm. 
So if they can't get out of bed, they may not be able to go to the store, buy the gun, or do the rope, whatever means. Calculate the whole thing. They are just so depressed. They're like, you know, I'm just here. Right. Then they get that person gets better. So they start to thrive, start to live their best life. You know, things are picking back up. They're feeling better. Yeah. Now, when they become depressed, you know what? I'm sick of this. They've not as depressed as long as they were the last time. Sure. But you know what? I'm not going through this again. Right. I'm not. And that's when sometimes we have to really worry about people. Almost like when somebody relapses with alcohol or drugs. It's not. They don't overdose when they're in the thick of it. Yeah. Because that body can handle whatever amount they're using. Mm. You've been using two packs a day. Okay. That's your habit for three years. Whatever. Yeah. You get clean and sober for a while. And you're like, you know what? I'm about to use. I, I used to do three packs. That's what I used to use. Mm-hmm. Your body's not used to that. Mm. So you accidentally or you overdose thinking that the same thing with depression. Again, you get you kind of come up and then that you drop down a lot quicker. And sometimes that drop down could mean, you know, completing suicide. So can you talk a little bit about what the what the signs would be? Right. So in kids, what are some of the behavioral signs that a parent would look look for? Because like even like you touched on adults when it comes to you know, abusing alcohol or drugs, you know, what are some of the signs that mm-hmm. it might be like, this person is really in a state of emergency? So they may not say, you know, I want to kill myself right. or I want to hurt myself, but they may say, you know what? I don't want to do it. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. So pushing back from things, not necessarily saying I want to kill myself, but just saying, I don't want to do that. I can't, I can't do this anymore. Right. Well, what do you mean you can't do this anymore? So they're, they're trying to use the language. Yeah. And sometimes we can miss that. Mm-hmm. Another sign to look for is being overly like clingy. So it's like you can't move without your child being right next to you. Mm. And you're like, wait, you, you've been close a lot. Like, like something different. Yeah. Noticing those type of changes. It's still the isolation. So not coming out the room, sure. not spending time with friends. You, they just all to themselves and they're all into the phone. Like mm-hmm. what are you lo- what are you looking up on that phone? Mm-hmm. Think about the times when you and I when you get so laser locked in on something. Sure. Sometimes that's not healthy. Right. More times than not, it's not. You're trying to find something. You're trying to you're trying to answer your own problem when you're yeah. locked in like that. Mm-hmm. Kids are smart. Kids they they're doing the same thing. They're trying to find their own problem, or they're trying really really hard to avoid the problem. Right. So when somebody does a deep dive like that, check in with them. If you haven't seen them for hours and hours, they just staying in the room. Oh, they just on the computer. They on the game. No, I would go in there with them. Let's go find out. Have a have a conversation. Yeah, yeah. Because sometimes kids don't think that we care. They think we're too busy. We got so much going on. We're gonna yell at them, mm-hmm. and they're gonna be in trouble for telling us how they actually feel. And they feel guilty for being a. They, they think it's it's a bother. It's you got enough yeah. stress going on. I don't want to cause you more stress. So, mm-hmm. you know, I had friends of my children who mm-hmm. I was like that mom that they'd be like, mom, you better get on the phone with my friend. They talking crazy. <laughs> Hold on. Let me put my mama on the phone. I'm like, baby, what's wrong with you? 
Yeah. You know, and I'm just like, put your mom on the phone. It's like, no, ma'am, I don't mm-hmm. want to upset my mother. Mm-hmm. I don't want, you know, she's going to be angry. She's, you know, she's got enough going on. I don't want to trouble her with my problems. Yeah. And that's a really, really sad, you know, a sad way to feel, especially when it's something that you can't control. Right. Or even yeah. when it's like sickness, a lot of people that are going through sickness. Why didn't you tell me? I don't want to bother you. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have you fussing. I don't want to have you worry. And I'm just trying to handle everything myself, you know, and it's really scary because I've had two friends of mine who I've seen have like psychotic breakdowns in their mm-hmm. lives. And so I really want to encourage people, you know, if you're going through something, you know, I know, I mean, I've been through depression at the different stages in, in my life and I'm aware now I'm very self-aware too. So mm-hmm. I've learned the tools that when I feel those tears welling behind my eyes, but they're there every single day. Like yeah. I'm, I always feel myself holding back, but if given the chance, I could probably cry on sight. <laughs> this mm-hmm. is not good. I'm carrying around this deep sadness. I need to, you know, begin to work on myself. I know when I feel that pull coming, I've had to learn how to do that. As, especially out of those dark places where I'm just like, I'm not going back there. So I'm not going to let a person or a thing anything that's troubling me, I have to be more um, intentional and kind of get on top of it proactive. When mm-hmm. I feel myself starting to lean, I mean, whoa, <laughs> yeah, no, you got to get away from me or, you know, I got to figure out this situation because I know where that could take me. So changes in routine too. Yeah. That's something to look for. Changes in routine. Like if you're son or daughter normally has this that they love to do or this game or whatever now they like yeah i don't feel like it yeah and don't be afraid to ask the question okay are you having thoughts of hurting yourself are you having thoughts of not wanting to wake up are you like what are you thinking good like, and, and ask the question because i think we're afraid that sometimes we think that if we ask it we're going <laughs> to plant the thought in somebody's head right 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 if i ask you do you want some chocolate cake right you may have already wanted chocolate cake so me asking you is not going to make you say you know what i want some chocolate cake like how did you know if it, <laughs> if, exactly exactly that's what I, so the same thing so we can talk about depression we can talk about suicide and not feel like just talking about it's gonna automatically trigger something that's good you can, I, you can ask me something and i'm like no i don't i don't use drugs that's not gonna make me want to use it sure just ask me <laughs> even if you offered it i don't right exactly. <laughs> it's not what i want i love exactly. that and i think that's very true and i think that it is the scariest thing to think about with anybody that you love especially your children that mm-hmm. that could be the reality but because we're not talking about it please know that they their their friends are talking about it. Yeah. It is a common conversation amongst our young people. Mm-hmm. It's like half their friends are one step away from killing themselves because they're experiencing some level of heartbreak or some kind of family challenges. I I feel like a lot of our young people today, because of social media, they don't know how to handle these mm-hmm. kind of conflicts. They don't they don't have the, the, the tools that we had talk cyber, about that. cyber bullying that part yes go ahead talk yeah because about we we're, we're in a house you know a little bit i mean of course it's covid but even before covid we were in the house 
entirely too much to be able to learn social social how do you fight how do you i mean not saying i don't promote none of us promote bullying right but how do you handle a bully Mm -hmm. how do you how do you watch somebody get bullied how do you help somebody who is being bullied right if you're being bullied through the internet you can't necessarily jump into a, a, a DM that you're not a part of. Right. But if I see you but if I see you talking mess on the playground, sure. I can easily walk over and say, Hey, leave Tim alone or Jackie, you know. Sure. But but now it's so different. We can't even support each other right. the same way we used to. Because if you remember like when kids would bully other kids, yeah. It would happen. But after a while, yeah, somebody who don't nobody really even talk to like, hey, yeah. Right, I, I've been watching you for a nice little minute. That's right. But you're going to have to go ahead go ahead with that, though. Yeah, be like, bully me, bro. Yeah, Come get yeah. me, bro. <laughs> but yeah, but the, it, it can't do it. You yeah. Can't do it no more because of the whole social thing, the snap and the uh, the yeah. TikTok and, and the, the Twitter. It's, it's different. People can't even intervene. And if you don't hear it, so parents could even see like, hold up, what are y'all doing? Somebody randomly sometimes would, would kind of like break up something before sure. it started. Sure. But because we can't even see it, we can't hear it. Yeah. We almost think that, oh, bullying, that stuff still happens. Oh, God, yes. yes, Big time. And they don't, and the kids don't talk about it. They're embarrassed. And and before, you know, before it could be isolated to a classroom. Mm -hmm. And now it is magnified on social media where you're dealing with the embarrassment because everybody's got a comment. And, you know, it's just flavor of the day. Whoever they're going to. Whoever has the most popular whatever, those people mm-hmm. are going to chime in. And now what happened to the people that's supposed to have your back? It, it becomes yeah. much more magnified of a situation. And too, sometimes it's too much for, for children to talk about. And they may be lost. We have no idea what they're going through. It's way too much. I mean, if you think about it, you may have grown up in one part of New York and you're like, yeah, I had some. It has some bad things happen over there. Yeah. You move across town and nobody knows you. Right. But now you get a picture on blast or somebody. Now they just send it. It's viral. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's really, it's really difficult for our kids, which is why we have so much work to do with supporting them and making sure that we're as healthy as we can be. So I really hope that this information about anxiety, depression, and suicide is a wake-up call for anyone who is dealing with those kind of emotions themselves to get the help that you need. Or if someone, if it's someone you love, whether it's your child or your loved one, you know, we have to pull together now more than ever. We cannot afford to put our head in the sand like an ostrich and pretend that these things are not happening and then be totally shocked when the bottom drops out. Right. So any last words about, I guess, any general advice based on what we talked about for people to do, especially in this time of pandemic and uh, premium gas prices that I didn't need premium (laughs) gas, but I had to buy premium because there was no regular gas, Jason. (laughs) I know. I paid twice as much to fill up. But anyway, how can you help me? What can you tell us? Just some, (laughs) some tips so that we can manage our mental health especially during Mental Health Awareness Month. So I'll start since we were talking about kids. Let's check in with our kids. And this is not, even if you don't have kids, you know some kids. You have God kids. You have, you know, nieces, nephews. Check in with them because those little 
five minute conversations or 30 minute outings or half a day, that means the world for somebody who does not like their parents. <laughs> yes. You know, I'm, just, I'm being real. <laughs> that, means, that means the world for somebody who is like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to go over, you know, Aunt Sandra's house. I can't wait. To, she can pick me up. Yeah. It really does. That neighbor, they That's love good. the kids look forward to that. They do. And I don't think we, we as adults realize how important that is to somebody who's struggling. Oh yeah. That's good. That's good. What about for adults? Go ahead. Um, for adults, I would always say exercise. Mm-hmm. You're big on exercise. Yeah. When it comes to anxiety and depression, yeah. because we don't think about how it calms our mind down mm-hmm. and it gives you that confidence on the other side of anxiety is confidence that you can do something and stick with it. Right. right and right. it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be a, a bodybuilder, mm-hmm. but just, you know, go around the block a little bit yeah. because now you get, you get outside, you get moving. Get moving. Get moving. Mm-hmm. Get yep. Moving. Um, lastly, I'll say one more is yeah. re- reading. Reading. Because reading allows you to take yourself to a different place. When you actually read. You escape. You escape in a healthy way. Yeah. And you get to learn from people. How did how did so-and-so get through it? Like, we can have it. You can listen to a podcast all day. Yeah. But when you actually read certain books and you're like, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Let me turn the page. What happened next? What happened next? And now that gives you, I think that, that the way it instills that power in you, it empowers you, mm-hmm. it's on a deeper level yeah. than just listening to a YouTube. Yeah, I would agree with you. I, I definitely yeah. um, consider reading to be a big part of my self-care. When I mm-hmm. get really stressed, I have too much on my mind. I escape into a book to learn about other people's lives, people that I admire, mm-hmm. um, and to find out, I know what you did in terms of your success outwardly, but what was your life really like? What was it like mm-hmm. to be you and to live during those times? And, you know, that's just my own personal thing that I enjoy doing. But so, Jason, how can everybody keep keep up with you? Of course, everybody is now going to subscribe to your podcast, Peace yeah. <laughs> and Prosperity Podcast. But tell them how else they can stay connected with you. I know there are some people out here that are like, "Ooh, he should be my therapist now. Two ways. Um, okay. My website, pnpcoach.com. Yeah. You know, pnpcoach.com. They can schedule a consultation. I have one-on-one sessions and I have a group coaching program that focuses uh, specifically on self-love and self-confidence. Great. Great. Then they can also follow me on Instagram at jphillipsmsw. So j-p-h-i-l-l-i-p-s-m-s-w. Fantastic. And when you do that, he's really generous with his knowledge and information, doing a lot of uh, lives and stuff like that, where you get to really pick his brain and he shares so much. So definitely follow him on all social media. Jason, thank you so much for being here, for sharing with us and doing this deep dive into these topics that, you know, we just need help. We got to come together and I really know that somebody, somewhere in the world listening to this podcast got at least one nugget that they can use to help them or someone that they love. So thanks again. Thank you, Sandra. Oh, absolutely. And so to all of you listening, thank you for listening. Please listen, I need you to share this podcast. This is no joke. We got some free therapy, bro. This is, a, you get a little coupon. We talked about a lot of great things. So by all means, please share this podcast with the people that you love, that you know need to hear it. Sharing is caring. So 
Until next time, I bid you adieu and I wish you peace and I wish you blessings. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Urban Parlay podcast. If you have enjoyed this content, please go ahead and subscribe and then invite all your friends. Tell them to come hang out and vibe with your new tribe. If you would like to support with a donation, you can do so via Cash App at dollar sign Urban Parlay Podcast and via PayPal at paypal.me forward slash Urban Parlay. Thanks. It's the Urban Parlay. with the tribe right here on the urban palace